It's time for Lacrosse Classified. Evans over the shoulder! Clip it for Emmy! What a goal! Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Little Murray scores! Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? We are back here on Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class 269. Nice. Lax Class 269 is now underway. And we got a fantastic program lined up for you. Appreciate you tuned in. Appreciate you listening. Santino Farah back in the co-host chair once again. It's Jay Kelly with you. And Santino, welcome back to Lax Class, man. I'm trying to think when the last time we talked. Was it before New Year's? Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, was it before? No, it was after New Year's. Did yeah. We, what's what the we, date What today? am I saying? It's We're on the 9th. Uh, I can't remember. Yes, but yeah, it's Anyways, after New Year's. Brutal Anyways, start. Uh, How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> uh it's uh not bad this is my first week back at work uh since before christmas so Sorry i'm miserable yeah. um that's awesome <laughs> i am uh freshly recovered from the hangover of a lifetime because i was at a wedding on the, uh, on the weekend oh. and was just crushing the dance floor like oh. i usually do at is weddings there a video? do we have video there's, there's no video necessary because that's what I'm like at all weddings. Oh. It's not like, oh, Tino's coming out of his show. This, if you're, if you're ever at a wedding that that I'm also at, I'm, I don't leave the dance floor except for to go get a, wow. to go get a drink. So uh, I was, I was on the that. struggle bus on the Sunday. Okay. And uh, but I'm recovered and I'm back at work, which sucks. But I'm happy to be back here with you talking some lacrosse. Well, I'm looking forward to talking some lacrosse with you as well. Uh, it's been of a crazy week. I'm just looking at my calendar for tomorrow. I have can't check this out, Tina. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Zoom meetings tomorrow. Seven of oh, them. Baby. Uh, that is a new record for me. It's not like I'm not looking forward to it. I'm like I'm doing all four coaches. Like I got two games this weekend, so essentially I'm doubling up on everything that I normally do through a game week times two. So I have four coaches calls, two production calls. It's a little bit bonkers this week, but happy to, to, to be with you and happy to be cranking out a podcast. And we got a ton to talk about this week, including an eight-game slate for week number seven. We got a recap week number six. We have to give you our lax class lock of the week, which we'll talk about in quarter three. If you're 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 tuned into what we're doing here, like that was the the all-time beat of all-time beats. Like, I know it wasn't close on, in the final game, but, man, when you got through Saturday 3-for-3 three three and you just needed the wings to beat the winless riptide, we'll talk about it more in quarter number three. Week seven, who you got, and it's a monster week. Like I mentioned, eight games. Better get your confidence. I don't think we're going to see any tiebreakers this week, Tino, which we did last week, which will... Talk about in quarter number four for who you got. We got, with two Ts, the lefty snipe show that put up a 10 spot 
for the Georgia Swarm last weekend in uh, my buddy Shane Jackson, which I am all, I always love to have Jacko on the podcast, and we'll have a good chat with Shane Jackson in quarter number two. The week that was uh, Rycor Standout Players of the Week, and look at this, look at that moment of the week brought to you by Loading Lacrosse as well. So a ton to talk about. This week, Tino, anything you want to get off your chest before we get rolling here for EP 269? And to get off my, I don't think so. Uh, I think I'm ready to get rolling here. Okay, let's do it, man. Uh, Time for the week that was. And rather light schedule, I would say, for, uh, you know, the, the first week of the new year. It was a light one previous to that as well. Holiday time, you can understand it, but it's going to get hot and nasty here moving forward. So week number 6, let's let's get into it here. Halifax into Albany as uh the Thunderbirds and the Firewolves hook it up. And I what do you say here, Tino? Like I I I cannot believe these words are about to come out of my mouth. The Albany Firewolves are 5 and 0. Oh, that's it. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were. No, I had, those are the words I cannot believe that I just said. The fire, the Albany Firewolves are five and zero. Oh. Let that sink in. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty remarkable and a mess. So massive shout out to Glenn Clark and and his whole crew, all the the entire the entire team. Like nobody saw this coming. Absolutely nobody saw this coming. I and didn't the think long- they saw it coming, Tino. They, and, they, if and, they're honest with themselves. Well, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you say you you were texting with with uh, Glenn Clark yeah. before, like after their first win or something like that? I think it was their third win. I was like, maybe can't, it was their can't, third can't win. Take or... those wins back, like yeah. It's like the longer this goes on, the crazier this story gets. And and we talked about the standings last week. I'm just trying to pull them up right now, real quick, but. Anybody predicting that Albany heading into week seven would be in first place. They're liars. Yeah, they're absolutely liars. But uh, getting into this game, I mean, there were a bunch of storylines here, like Halifax looking for a bounce back game. I actually thought that they played pretty well. I thought Warren, uh, Warren Hill had a pretty good bounce back game in and of his own right. Uh, the face off battle between Nardella and Withers, which I mean, with Jake's continues. way, but I, th- I think it was a closer battle than what the numbers showed, really. Well, I mean, I guess we'll have to go back. Shocker. Maybe the NLL stats got something. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Careful. Careful. Uh, but I mean, like just according to the numbers that are on the on the website, like another dominant performance at the, at the faceoff dot for Withers. Um, I thought it was kind of a quiet night for some of the offensive guys for Halifax. But man. Dawson feed is a problem. Thick boy. Oh my. What I I, ta- I remember I mentioned so many times last year about how big of a fan I am of, of Eric Fennell. And I was so impressed by like his hands in tight they and, and his him, ability to shoot way. from the outside yeah. and just like force his will upon, upon opposing teams defenses, man, Dawson feed has filled that role in the absence of, of uh Eric. but i'm saying you know they they miss eric finnell oh for sure for sure they do but you, you know what okay tell me if i'm taking crazy pills here or not mm. Th- like this kind of after last week and we were kind of ranting about halifax a little bit and and how this is just kind of what they do as a team or, or the or the script they've kind of fallen into a little bit 
And I, I don't think Kurt Styers would do this because I, I can't imagine he would do this in, in a time when Eric Fennell is injured. But is there a world where you think because they have Dawson Thede here where they could explore trading one of those guys to try to bring back a piece that or to make that a part of a package to bring back something that would help get them what's the over the hump a little though? bit? What do you think's the what's the missing ingredient? Honestly, I mean, I, I, I think it's goaltending. I don't know if I don't know if either Dawson Theed or Eric Fennell is going to bring back a goaltender, mm. but I don't know, maybe if you package it with something. And again, like, I don't think it's, it would ever happen while Eric Fennell is injured because I don't think that's something that Kurt Styers would, would explore. Um, but I mean, I could be wrong. I know. think Warren but, played okay. Like played well enough to, to win that game. I think Dougie just played a little bit better uh, at the end of the day, which Doug just, can tend to do against a lot of other goaltenders in this league. I don't net, like, I don't want to chalk that one up to a, a no, goaltending no, loss. No, no, not there. at all. But and if that's, you're that's looking not to win, if saying. you're looking to hoist the cup, then maybe that's a conversation. But I, I don't think they're getting rid of either Fennell or Theed. Theed is just like he, it almost looks like it's going in slow motion, but somehow he makes that body work for him. And he's, he's a real intelligent lacrosse player as well. Just, knows the the way to get it done with what he has to work with, which is, is fun to watch for the big boy. Like watching Dawson Thede a lot. I also like watching Travis Longboat and Alex Simmons and Tyler Kurtz and Sam Firth and Marshall Palace. I love watching this Albany offense go to work. They're just flipping BTBs everywhere and just having fun, slinging the rock, and they just flow out there. They're a super fun offense to, to watch play. And quick shout-out to uh, defensive coordinator in Clem Durazio for the lavender, I don't know what that was, that jacket, my word. That, that won the week as far as I'm concerned. Look at this, look at, that's not it, but it could be. That just jogged my memory. Uh, okay, two things. First of all, I'd like to start a petition to have people no longer say BTB. Yeah, when talking I, about that it. might be the first time I've ever said it, Tina. I don't know yeah, why I said it. Fine. That's, that's a fair. fine. That's fair. That's fair. Um, the other thing, I, I meant to bring this up last week and completely forgot, but you just jogged my memory. They have the uh, Albany Firewolves have these like warm up hoodie shirts or something. Mm. I keep seeing uh, their their bench staff wearing them, where it's like the the Albany maroon with white shoulders and 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 arms. I believe I went to the NLL store to see if these things are available, and they're not there. They need to start selling these these like I don't know. It's it's one of those like thin hoodies where it could be a shirt. It just has a hood on it, whatever you want to call it. They look unreal. Anybody like go back and watch any of the pa- the previous Albany games and look at anybody that's running their door that's like not a goalie and tell me these things are not electric. This is some of the best merch I've seen. I don't doubt it, man. I don't doubt it. Uh so again, big win for for Albany, another big game on the horizon for these guys. As they'll take on the Georgia Swarm, who were also successful on the weekend. Uh, Let's go there next uh, to Duluth. Gwinnett County inside the hive as Panther City, which I I should probably look this up, but I don't know how many trips Panther City has made to Georgia. This might have been their first time ever 
And this was a pretty good game. I There was three games going on at once. Kind of had my eyeballs on one, listened to the other, and then kind of kept glancing at the other one. And this was the, the kind of the game, I think probably was because it was on the smallest screen I had, was the one I was kind of had half an eyeball on. But it just seemed to me that Georgia got up in this game in the first quarter, and they were up, what, 9-4 at halftime. But they couldn't come back all the way again. And, and I know Tracy and and Toller had a bit of a talking to after that game, and I'm sure they gave their team a bit of a talking to after as well. It's just not good enough down there in Panther City right now, and their start killed them. And I don't think that they feel like that their team is playing desperate enough, passionate enough, uh, hard enough, especially at the start of the game here. It was better in the second half, but not good enough. And Georgia's a good team. And especially like the the start to this game is especially disappointing. The start to the season is especially disappointing considering expectations after how they kind of exceeded expectations last year. It's like they were on this trajectory of their first year in the league. They did better than most people expected. Like they just fell short of a playoff spot. Then last season, they make their way into the playoffs. They have a really close game against Calgary, which of course the Roughnecks ended up winning and knocking them out. And then, now, there have been a handful of really winnable games for Panther City to start off the season. And, I mean, like, this one, to me, the start of the, the the way the Panther City started this game, like, this is on the players. And, and, I mean, like, of course it's on the players. They're not the they're the ones that aren't feeling the back of the net. But you look at the way that they turned it around in the second half, and to me, that just says there's, like, a lack of preparedness well, in the first. They probably got a rain job at halftime and then responded, right? But... Like, I listened to, I don't know if you've had a chance to do it yet or not, Coach's Call with with Brad, and, and, and Mike Hazen was his guest this week. Fantastic conversation, by the way. But, you know, he asked him, like, are you a, a big rah-rah pregame speech guy? And he's like, no. Like, I, I want to make sure my players are as prepared as possible. But you're a professional athlete, professional lacrosse player. If you can't get yourself up and ready to play – a professional lacrosse game, then maybe you're not on the right team. And it just seemed to me that like, it's not, a, it's not on Tracy or Toller or gowns to, to get these guys fired up to play. It's on themselves to get fired up to play. And it just didn't happen until halftime until they probably got a bit of a kick in the ass. And it's like, wake up the game's half over here. And when you dig a hole like that in this league, unless you're Colorado playing Vancouver, you're not going to come all the way back. You're just not. Yeah. And I mean, like credit to Panther city because they did eventually tie sure. the game on two separate occasions. And it is, but it's, you like, know, and it's, it's early days here still too, right? There's not going to be any panic down there in Fort worth and people aren't freaking out and setting their hair on fire. There's still a long way to go in this season, but I think this is a pretty good reality check. And I, and I feel like I'm almost kind of disrespecting Georgia here a little bit who had just a, an excellent performance from start to finish on their home floor and probably won a game that they felt they should. But like, and I agree with you, but I don't exactly, I don't exactly agree with the, with the notion that it's, it's still early because yes, it's, that was only week six and we're only going into week seven, but with the way the stand or the league standings work now, like, but look these, at how many teams are games, one win, Tino, look at how many teams for sure. Have one totally. Win. But at a certain like at a certain point, when can you no longer lean on that anymore? Well, like, I'm saying you still can't. Not you, not forever, 
and maybe two, three, four weeks more tops, you can kind of find your way a little bit, and then you got to start stringing wins together. But like I said, their their point being is they're not freaking out down there in Panther City over this one. They just didn't come out to play in the first half, and it cost them a game. So now, if you're Tracy Koleski, are you starting Cam McLeod next game, no. or are you going back to Nick Damood? I go right back to Nicky Damood. No question about it. All right. Let's move on. You knew the Colorado Mammoth. Well, I mean, there's a perfect example, Tino. Did you think Colorado was going to start Tyler Carlson this week against the Buffalo Bandits? No, but I think Dylan Ward is a little bit more established as uh, as a number one than I would say Nick Damood is. Okay, I can get down with that. And Dill and the Mammoth, especially Dylan, looked a lot better in this game, a lot more comfortable. Still, to me, doesn't something's not right there. I don't know, it, you know, if he's in pain or it's just uh, not strong enough yet or something isn't quite right, but he, he battled through this one. I mean, heck, what did uh, he allowed seven in the first half, but Colorado, their offense dry in, in the opening 30, just one goal past Matt Vince in that opening 30 minutes, and then the band has just kind of held him at bay, very similar to kind of the Georgia Panther City game here a little bit where Buff got up, and every time that Colorado tried to make a push, it was like, oh, there was an answer. There was an answer. This game was wild, though, with shorthanded goals galore. Like, were you paying attention to this? I, I think there was five shorthanded goals in this game. Three scored by Colorado on a five-minute major. I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say that I have uh, either, at least not to this extent. This is... I think this game could potentially be a turning point for Colorado. I mean, like, yeah, of course it was a tough start. I mean, they only get one goal in the first half, but we expect these games between Buffalo and Colorado to be like a boxing match, really going back and forth. And the reason why I think this could be a turning point is because you see the response of Dylan Ward in this game, who of course he allows 12, but he was strong in this game, I thought, especially when you compare it to to the performance against Vancouver. But the first half, I thought Dylan Ward was really strong. Colorado takes a little while to get heated up. Again, it takes like the second half, which, yeah, that's a point of concern, I would say, that that this is two straight games where it yeah. they kind of wait until the second adversity. half to get things going. They almost like it's like they need adversity to wake up. Like, oh, yeah. we're in a hole. But, okay, let's play. I think now with this being two weeks in a row where, I mean, so last week or sorry, two weeks ago now, it was the massive comeback against Vancouver and they're able to pull that one out. And then in this game against a team that no offense to the Warriors, but is a significantly stronger opponent and they're able to put themselves in the trajectory to do a similar thing than what they did uh, to what they did to Vancouver. Like, I think this is something that Colorado can legitimately build off of. And especially considering like they're doing this without Ryan Lee. And, and of course they're going to have to do that for the foreseeable future here. But I I think this can really be something that Colorado can build off of here. And and I would expect another really good response from this team in their next game. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out. Uh, Saturday night at Ball Arena because they got the San Diego Seals rolling in and San Diego is in Vegas the night before. So I think that's, you know, if you're going to beat the San Diego Seals to get them on a back-to-back on a double road game in your home arena, you're not going to get a better opportunity than that. So we'll see. 
if they can get it done. And we'll have to think long and hard who we're going to select in who he got. Big week coming up, Dino. Big week. Just one more game, in fact, here on week number six. And this was it. So the parlay, if you'll recall, who we had, Albany, Georgia, Buffalo, Philadelphia, all home teams. And you thought, okay, here we go. New York going into Philadelphia. Philadelphia coming off a big win. No wins in Riptide land. I thought maybe we'd see some changes. I need to eat eat a little crow here on, on the Riptide. Uh, Danny Latasseur, Patty Jones, Cross, the boys, Teeter, Dunks. It was all working for the boys in Seafoam. If I would have known that the Riptide were going to pull out their Seafoam jerseys, <laughs> I as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, God. And then they got the first goal. And then they got the second goal. And next thing you know, they're up three and they're up four. And I was like, this is not happening. It's happening, but I could not believe it was actually happening. But uh, impressive here from New York, especially with Philly. And this is what drives me nuts about the Philadelphia Wings. Like, you just can't figure it out. Like, I, some days you think they're going to stink and they look like a championship roster. And other days you think, okay, they've they've got it figured out, and then they just go lay an absolute dud. And I can't figure out why. And I'm sure Coach Day and, and all those guys feel the same. What what the difference is between one game to the next? But let's uh let's shine the light here on New York, who were in desperate need of a victory, Tino, and they go out and get a big day from Jay Thorenberg, who people don't really remember, is the all-time face-off leader. Had a big day, 25 for 30. Power play goes four for five. Teat goes off for a big one. Dunker Lee plays really well, and that's how the New York Riptide need to win. And there was there was mention from a couple different people, Jeff Teat included, in, in some of the post-game interviews about – like the preparation for this and, and how it all started with this one practice midweek mm-hmm. and how that set the tone. It like there was talk about the, the practice really, what were the practices like before? <laughs> what, what was the difference? I don't know. I mean, obviously something right for him. <laughs> Clearly. Make- I don't know. I just, that made me laugh that there was, and of course, like something like that can, something as simple as that can legitimately turn a team around. And I mean, not, not to say that this is going to be to the extent of it, but like the St. Louis blues, when they won the, the their cup in whenever that 2019, I think it was, they always talked about this one night that they had out and it completely changed everything. And then they went on to win the Stanley cup, despite being in last place in January. Anyways, um, Stephen Keogh denied what would have been the goal of the year, hands down by like, an inch less than an inch when he threw it between his legs jumping and it goes off the crossbar insane. I mean, I hope for the sake of the parody of the league and for the sake of New York having some success here, I hope that they can follow this up with it with a good response. I hope this does. I mean, no pun intended or maybe pun intended. I hope this does turn the tide Oh, uh, and, and, and they can kind of put something together here. Well, if now it doesn't, we Tino, see- if it doesn't, right, if they come back out and get their doors blown off them next week, 
the same questions are going to pop up again. So it essentially it has to. They got they can't just have like a win and be like, okay, we got a win. That 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 problem solved. No, you got to go out and do it again. Well, okay, and here's the thing as well is so they won this game against Philly, and you started off this this segment about how you can't Philly figure Philly out, how this is such a frustrating game to watch. Um, and, and I am mirroring those thoughts as well, especially after uh, the game that Philly had last weekend against Halifax. New, so New York wins this game against a team that can be kind of frustrating in the sense that they're a completely different team on one night from the next. Now they're going up against Panther city in week number seven. And that's another team that we've talked about, about like, what is their identity? What is this team? So this is a good opportunity for New York to try to string together a couple of wins. But then in week eight, they have a team like Buffalo. What does this New York team look like when they go up against two teams back to back that are, you know, not to say that they're soft opponents by any means, but they're teams that, you might predict New Winnable York could, could get a win here. Winnable games for sure. And then what do they look like against uh, a, a championship contender like Buffalo? Going to be fun to watch in a massive week number seven. The one play that came, like the one player that I thought stood out for Philadelphia, he's not my Rycor standout player of the week, by the way, Tino, but he stood out for Philadelphia was Taggart Clark, who had his very first NLL hat trick. But the play that really stood out, the look at the loading, look at this, look at that moment of the week is goaltender Cam Dunkerley, who played this game with double pink eye and stared down Taggart Clark on a penalty shot. Listen to this. Looks like they're doing a little reverse that you might see in football. And here comes Bazin. He's got some speed. He's with the D. Oh, oh, what's he going to do? He's shooting the roof, Daddy. Oh, look at that. Look at this. Look at that. Here goes Clark in on that. Thinks. Shoots. Save made by Dunkerley. Well, it just keeps on coming for Cam Dunkerley. This has got to be perhaps the game of his career. Look at this. Look at that. Uh, man, I I swear the more the <laughs> the more times I listen to that, the better it gets each and every the people really digest that whole call. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> Loading lacrosse. Look at this. Look at that moment there. You just heard it right there. Cam Dunkerley staring down Tiger Clark on a penalty shot with double pink eye. Not easy to do. I can't imagine playing a game, especially goaltender, with double pink eye. And uh, holds the wings to just eight goals. Uh, look at this. Look at that. Go check out Loading Lacrosse. Actually, LoadingLax.com is where you want to go. Hop on their uh, YouTube channel there and uh, give Hammer and the boys a little subscribe. And uh, that would help their cause a lot. And then... Uh, what else did they tell me this week? Oh, we got, I got to get this in because they sent, this is, this isn't just for our benefit here, Tino. This is for everybody's benefit. They sent us a code, new merch, new hats are on the loading lacrosse website, 10 bucks off all new loading lids. All you have to do is use the bonus code lacrosse classified. Pretty simple. Uh, get yourself $10 off a new loading hat. Be pretty cool. 
Now, Tino, after that, it's time for our Rycor Standout Players of the Week. Rycor Standout Players of the Week. I'll tell you who was standing out was uh, Josh Mills, son of Rye of Rycor. Went back to play in the Border Wars tournament for Seneca. Came home as a champion to Josh Mills. He was standing out this past week. But uh, if you want to stand out in the renovation world, give Rycor Construction a call, a follow, a website peruse, www.rycorconstruction.ca or at Rycor Construction, Inc., and let them make them stand out for you. They specialize in residential interior and exterior renovations. Tons of experience. Give them a call. Go to the website and let them make your renovation stand out for you. Rycor Construction. Tino, who is your Rycor? Pull that whistle. Who's your Rycor standout player of the week? Yo, I gotta say first of all, uh, Josh sent me a couple clips from uh, from this tournament, mm. and uh, because I roasted him during the sixes event for missing two of the hidden ball trick uh, plays they tried, he made sure to send me a clip of it working this time. Okay. So <laughs> shout out work. Josh Mills. All right, uh, but yeah, I'm going with uh, Nate Grennan as my standout player of Ooh. the week, and and his stat line isn't anything like overly crazy. He chipped in for for a goal and and a helper in Albany's win over the weekend. This is now like the third time this season where I can't stop watching him because he is such a rat to the just other team. Pisses people like, off. Just gets under guys' skins. And I like I remember talking about this when uh, Albany beat Buffalo uh, a handful of weeks ago. And it seemed like Nate Grennan individually was getting Buffalo off of their game. And it's it's has to be such a tough position for him, or it had to have been such a tough position for him after getting cut from Panther City uh, right before the season started and then finds himself a new home here in Albany. But he's fit right in. He's contributing. And like I said, he's he's single-handedly causing guys on other teams to get off their game. And, and of course, yeah, he's sitting in the penalty box here and there, but he's almost always bringing somebody with, with him. him yeah. And, and they're almost always chirping between the box. So uh, I, I've noticed him a lot. I noticed him a lot this past weekend and he's my standout player of the week. I like it. And, you know, I, I think I need to, to pay a little more respect to, to Nathan Grennan as well. Like I, I thought when he got cut from Panther city, I was like, eh. Maybe that's it for Nathan Grennan. But I wonder now whether TK and the boys are kind of second-guessing themselves a little bit on that. Like, if you're if you're looking for some jam and some hard work and some dirty work, like, Grennan's your guy. And I know he's undersized, but that doesn't matter to him whatsoever. He just, he'll run through a wall for you no matter what color he's wearing and who he's playing for. I think he only knows how to play one way. And he's probably played with that chip on his shoulder his entire life because of his size. And I'll prove you wrong kind of attitude that that he plays with. And I like it. And the more I watch him, the more I like it. So nice pick there, Santino. And I know it was a a runaway whitewash victory for you uh, last week with uh, whoever your 
standout player of the way. I can't even remember. So it didn't stand out. Joey Rez. Yeah, okay. There you go. <laughs> no, no disrespect to Joey <laughs> Rez. My guy, Joey. Buffalo Joe. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. Speaking of Buffalo, I'm going to go with the goaltender. going to appease to the goalie union here and go with uh, the ageless wonder in Matt Vince, who, you know, I think – People are kind of like, oh, is this the, the start of the end here for Vino with the start of his season with Buffalo? And and I'll just say this. I think training camp just went a, a couple extra weeks for Matt Vince, if you know what I'm saying. But this performance here against Colorado last weekend, I think is what we can expect out of 48 moving forward. Virtuoso performance here, 50 saves, eight goals against Buffalo over Colorado. Matt Vince, Vino says no. Jumbo says yes to being the Rycor standout player of the week. Yep, I like the pick. And, and I mean, I talked before about how I thought this was a pretty good game from Colorado. It's a completely different game if if Matt Vince isn't standing on his head in that first quarter, the first half, really. Um, because he had to make some some really tough saves on on Connor Robinson, on Zed Williams, kind of as, as on Connor Kelly as well as things progress through. So, yeah, it, it's honestly always a safe bet to go with Matt Vince, even if you don't watch a Bandits game. If you pick Matt Vince, it's probably a okay pick. Um, almost picked like Jeff it. Teat, you know, almost picked Jeff Teat, but yeah, just it's a tough look for Teeter. He's not going to make the cut this time. Couldn't quite do it. Just couldn't <laughs> quite. That is a monster quarter number one. We still have lots of program to go. We thank you, classmates, for tuning into Lacrosse Classified this week and every week for that matter. It's time for our on top roofing interview of the week as we head south for the dirty, dirty and talk to Shane Jackson of the Georgia Swarm. Back after this. Hey, this is Rusty Kruger. You're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. We are officially into quarter number two. And quarter number two is brought to you by On Top Roofing. Proud new sponsors here on the podcast. If you need your roof done, Right here in the lower mainland, Fraser Valley. They've been at it since 2007. I can tell you this about my buddy Jason and On Top Roofing. Each and every one of his employees have been with him since the beginning. So that gives you an idea on the kind of person he is, how he treats his workers, and they enjoy working for him. And roofing is not an easy gig. You kind of see these guys fly in, fly out, not when it comes to on-top roofing, these guys are dedicated, they're honest, and you're going to get fair prices when you got to get your roof done. It's an awful time when you got to get the roof done, but everybody's got to go through it, and when you do, you might as well go through on-top roofing. Give them a call, 604-809-6990, or check out the website at ontop-roofing.ca. Back on the podcast once again, it's one of my faves. It's Shane Jackson of the Georgia Swarm. All he knows how to do is score hat-tricks. Shane, welcome back to Lax Class, man. Uh, Nice win, nice game over the weekend. Big win for the Georgia Swarm. And maybe more importantly than anything, Shaner, is that you guys have got off to a much, much better start than you did a year ago. Yeah, I think, I mean, happy new year. I think the by biggest, the way. 
Happy Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing this year, this for the start, is that uh, we return a lot of guys. Last year we had some new guys, and you know the way the schedule was put out, we would play then a, uh, a bye week, so you have two weeks off, and then there was Christmas, you have another two two and a half weeks off, and you know teams are going through that this year. But I think for our group, with, with having new guys, that really you know, that did that that really held us back, gaining that chemistry. But I thought once the schedule kind of settled down, you can get into a routine. And I thought that's where we we started to find our groove and we went on a little bit of a run, ultimately came up short to make the playoffs. But I think that's just been the biggest difference for our group this year is having a getting a good routine right off the hop and you know, bringing back guys that, you know, know how it feels to not make the playoffs like we did last year. Uh, you're up to 20 points on the year now. Um, you had 10 of them this past weekend. W- was the game plan at a certain point just give Jackson the ball and 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 Should let him a game fire plan away every like, week? Jackson, like, well, game plan what, what's every going week. through your mind at that point? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I I think I was you know the benefactor of you know I had I think four four goals in transition, two of which were a breakaway and two were uh, two on one where. You know, it go it goes unnoticed, but we had guys sprinting to the bench, and if we don't have guys sprinting to the bench to, you know, to spring me, then you know I'm not in that situation. So I think, yeah, it was one of those nights where things were going well for me, but I think uh, a lot of it was because of you know the the little plays that some of my teammates did. Yeah, I think that goes really understated, especially in lacrosse. It's not only the guys hustling to the bench it's the guys off the bench that sometimes you know even if you're not the first guy it's the second or third guy that comes open because the first guy is running hard and and you can see it and and I want to go back here Shane because you know clearly you were feeling it and and I'm always interested to know like when you get the first couple your stick's feeling good body's feeling good mind's feeling good then when you get those next couple opportunities like are you kind of in that flow state where like all right, I set this guy up far side this time. I know where I'm going. Like you're just in it, and you know you're you're in for a big one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, any any you know any player will say, especially offensively, your first shot goes in. You're gonna you know you get a little bit of confidence off the start. But you know again, again like no, I, I don't think like I I need the ball and I'm 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 feeling I'm shooting. It's just you know. I know. I just my mindset is just to continue to you know play well, as a I'm team and make Shane, sure. Is is there like nights where you're feeling better than others about not only you know your stick and your body, but like just your confidence wise when you know when you're shooting, it's it's gonna go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those are definitely. I, I think it starts with you know having a good practice and having a good shoot around and building up to it. Like I I felt this season, my my body's felt good and. Uh, mentally, I feel good, and I think a lot of that is, you know, playing in the in the summer and playing late into the summer. You kind of, you know, you don't have that long of an off season where some guys have four or five months. I had, you know, six <laughs> weeks. So you kind of stay in that game shape and you stay in that that you know that mental state where you know what's working for you and what's not working for you. So I think that's been the biggest thing for me uh, this uh, to start this year. Uh, we've asked guys this before in the past, but I don't know if we've if we've uh, talked to specifically an old guy about this. So you might have the best perspective of anybody. Um, I'm curious to know your thoughts on on the difference in Brett Dobson's game from this time last year to till present day. And, and the reason why I'm I'm curious about your perspective is 
as an O guy, you know, like you're a guy on the bench when the defensive set is going, you have a great view of it and you're a guy that's shooting on him in practice. So you've got a great view of, of his growth to this point in his career. So what do you think has been the biggest difference from, like I said, this time last year till now? I think, I think for him is, uh, repetitions. Um, you know, he's a, he's the type of guy who he, he puts in the work. We shoot on him every week. He takes shots of practice. He puts in the time. Um, he's full-time lacrosse doing lessons. So he's, he's all about the game and he, he, he constantly watches film. So I think, you know, I think for him, it's just last year, again, it, it, it was a multitude of things. I think defensively we're much stronger this year. And I think in the second half of last year, we, we were much stronger defensively. And I think that's, that's helped out, but you know, a lot of it is him. I, I mean, if there was, you know, an MVP for our team to start the year, I, I would give it without question right to him. I mean, he's thinking of that Buffalo game. He made a couple of huge, huge saves that were right on the doorstep with some world-class against some world-class players. And if that, if those go in, um, you know, more likely we don't win that game. Because offensively, we, it took us a while to get going. Um, but I think, I think that's just the big and the biggest thing is just, you know, he's got a year under his belt. He's more confident. He had a great summer, uh, winning the championship, having, you know, personal success. And um, I, that's just trickled into this year. But I think it, a lot of it is on him because uh, just, just the amount of work he puts into his game. Speaking of MVPs, we're here with the former MVP, Shane Jackson of the Georgia Swarm, but also now a Man Cup champion with the Six Nations Chiefs. And we'll get back to Georgia, but it, it ties in nicely here, Shane, because you you mentioned about you know not having a long layoff playing deep into the summer, which you did with the Chiefs. Uh, Tino and I had the pleasure to call that Man Cup in New Westminster I know I had a, a chance to see you briefly on the floor, but congratulations on that, man. That was uh, just spectacular lacrosse to to witness and and to announce. So you know, congratulations on on the Big Man Cup win. I you got a chance to play with Lyle in in the summer as well, which I can only imagine helped your chemistry, your friendship, your bond. You guys have been together for a lot of years now, but you know, tell me what it's like working with and working off of Dehasanunde and, and getting a chance to play with a guy like that almost all year round. Yeah. I mean, I'm very, very lucky. Uh, I mean, that, that chief's team, it was pretty good. You know, I'm on pretty, the left side. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty, Shane. pretty, 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 pretty good. And you know, when you got guys like, like him, uh, Randy stats, uh, bomber, Benny Mack, Sam LeClaire, I mean, it did, just makes the game that much easier. And then, so, so to play with him year round, uh, he's going to go down as, one of the best players to ever play this game. And, um, you know, the, the, the amount of the amount of work he, he puts into his game and on and off the floor, though, he, he's a great ambassador for the game. And, you know, to win that championship with him, Bomber, with Colsey, all the guys that play on the Swarm, it was, it was something very special. I'd never won one. I've been to one with Langley before, and it was, I mean, that was to lose. And, you know, you, you, you kind of learn from your experiences um, the next time you're in it. And, you know, luckily we were able to win. I, that was honestly probably one top three lacrosse moments, not just to win it, but the, the all five games to play in that arena. Yeah. Well, where, where, you know, tell me warm, where you put warm-ups packed. Where are yeah. you putting it? 2019 World World Games, 2017 NLL Cup, and, and the Man Cup you're putting uh, right in there. Or you got something else. Minto, what do you got? The, yeah, I mean, all the, the four championships like that, I mean, 
you can't, you can't instead of choosing who's your favorite kid, but uh, <laughs> they, that's it's that's certainly up there. Just to put, like that rink, you know, that organization, all the history behind it. Um, it was something I'll never forget. And you know, you, you go in there. We had you know, what was cool is the amount of fans that, um, yeah, you know, our, our team going, had. Yeah. That, that, yeah. And, and when we score, you know, it kind of feels like you're 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 at home in front of your fans as well. So I mean. It was just an unbelievable experience, an unbelievable summer, and um, you know, look, hopefully, we can you know do it again next summer. Heat up, heat up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking ahead to next week, you guys have uh, the Red Hot Firewolves coming up. Oh, and, like, I don't how mean, about this I, game? Too. I don't mean any disrespect by this, but if you ask before the season, like in week seven, what's the game you're looking forward to? Nobody would have said Albany versus Georgia. Like, I, and anybody that says that, they're absolutely lying. <laughs> but now this has become like a marquee matchup for this week that I think everybody's legitimately excited to watch. So. With that in mind, how do you guys hand Albany their first loss of the season? Um, yeah, I mean, every time we like, even going back to when they're in New England, we kind of always, we always have, they're, they're, yeah, they're always big games, and they're always seem to be either you know one goal game or you know two goal game or with someone's getting an empty netter, and you know anytime like they have a lot of young guys, a lot of new faces to that team, but one thing they are is they're, they're well coached and, you know, so are we, and, you know, both teams are off to a good start to the season after having uh, disappointing seasons last year. So I think, I think for us, it's, we, we try to just, we want to learn our opponent's tendencies, but as long as we, our main focus is on us. And I think, you know, if we get ahead and start looking to what they do and stop worrying about what we have to do to be successful, that's when we're, we'll, we'll get into trouble, trouble, but, you know, I think it's just having a good, you know, team call video session tomorrow night and then taking that into practice and, you know, putting in the work and getting guys healthy and ready to go. So, it's a, you know, it is a big it is a big matchup to start the season. But at the end of the day, it's another game and we got to treat it as such. A few more minutes here with Shane Jackson of the Georgia Swarm and. You, you mentioned tendencies, and I don't want you to give away the game plan unless you really want to, Shanner. But uh, yeah. you, you played the summer with Dougie, and now you're going to be playing against Dougie. And we're talking about Doug Jamison, the Albany goaltender. Who's got? Who do you think has the advantage in that situation? The shooter shooting on the guy that he's you know warmed up against and practiced against a bunch of times, or is it the goaltender? knowing exactly where your favorite corners and what your, your favorite deeks are to, to make. I mean, Dougie's un- unbelievable. He was unbelievable for us this summer, him and Warren, but Dougie, he was, every time he was in there, he almost knew that lights up. The, the other team's offense is going to have a tough, tough time scoring. And that gives you confidence. But uh, the way, the, kind of the way I approach it, kind of, I watched, watched the video on him and try to pick up as much as you can each, you know, different angles on the floor which way they step but i think as long as you're you're placing good shots you know you're accurate with them and trying to at the end of the day you just want to make them make a very tough save if you're just dumping it five hole and um you know that's the advantage goalie especially a goalie like him so i think you know it's just good shot of being a good goaltender anytime exactly exactly so you can you know any goalie can get hot in a single night doesn't matter who there are and the vice versa for a shooter. So I think it's just about hitting good shots at the right time and um, just going from there. 
One last one for you here, Shane, and, and I know uh, we appreciate your time here because I know you're uh, about to get after it coaching. And I always seem to ask you this every time we have you on, but that's because you're you're living down there in the metro Atlanta area, as, uh, as, as your announcer likes to say all the time. But you're, you're about to yeah. go do a little coaching. So how has is, how is the lacrosse scene evolved down there in, in that region since the swarm arrived and, and since you've been living around there? Yeah, I mean, every, when I first got down here, I was, you know, obviously knew it was, it was 2016. And lacrosse around here was, you know, I don't want to say – in its infancy, but it was, you know, just picking up. And now it's the skill level down here is, you know, comparable to teams in the, in the uh, Northeast. I mean, we go down to tournaments and we're right there with them. And um, it's, it, it helps having guys. We have a few other guys living down here, Brian Cole, Andrew Q, uh, Dauber lives down here and we're all doing coach. We're all at different, Dauber and I, they're at, and I are at the same high school and, Q, uh, Q ball and Colts are at different high schools. So I think that helps having guys that are actually playing. And then you have guys that are from down here, Scott Ratliff. Um, right. You know, there's a, there's multiple, I'm with the Thunder Lacrosse program down here in Georgia. So um, all the coaches, they played before. And I think that's the biggest difference. It's not just a dad out there throwing a bucket of balls out and saying, <laughs> Hey, or go out and hit each other and whatnot. But so we're actually, you know, a lot of high schools, a lot of their coaches played the game before, and a lot of them are from the Northeast. So I think that's that's helped uh, immensely. So um, there's a lot more and more kids each year going to top D1 programs. So uh, I, as as far as it goes right now, I think the state of Georgia is in a in a great spot as far as um, lacrosse lacrosse and the lacrosse skills. So it's just it's just getting better. And how you like living down there? What's it been like for you, you know, away from the, the swarm, away from coaching, just living life down in Atlanta? What's that been like for you? I, I love it. Um, you know, the, the winters are, it's almost, I like a little bit of a season change. I don't want, I want it to be hot all year round. Right. But, um, you know, the winters in Atlanta, they're basically fall weather con, uh, comparative to Canada. And I love that kind of weather. It's like you throw on a sweatshirt and for the most part, you're good to go. So. Um, that's what it is right now. And that, you know what, that's a big help for the, the skill of lacrosse down here. You can play year round. Like you don't have to worry about, huge. you know, snow, snow storms. And it is huge. The fields are always open. Nets are on every field. So yeah, I, I, I absolutely love it down here. So, um, and everyone that comes down here, they seem to say the same thing. So that's why Colsey moved down here. Cue ball, Dauber, they all they all love it down here as well. The, what so. are the disc golf courses like down there, Shane? <laughs> uh, there's actually a ton down here. Oh, ah, now, now, is... okay. Now, now I'm into the real golf, so ah, I haven't played yeah. disc golf. I was big into it when we when I was out in Langley. Yeah. Nooch would always take there. Us you out. go. Yeah. Arlotta, Arlotta got you on Augusta yet? Has Arlotta got you out on Augusta no. yet? I, I, I don't, I'm, I don't deserve to go to Augusta, but, um, yeah, the, the community courses around here, that's more my speed. All right, brother. Say hi to, to John and, uh, Mac and the rest of the boys down there. Best of luck this weekend. And, uh, thanks for the catch up, man. This is a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks for having me guys. And good to talk to you, Jumbo. And nice to meet you. All right. There you go, 32, Shane Jackson. All he does is score hat tricks, unless it's more when, when he gets like 10 points. I think he had six in that game for the Swarm. And when Jacko heats up, he can, he can get on a run, and uh, he did just that. We'll see come 
this weekend against Albany. Can't wait for Firewolves and Swarm Tino. Yeah, like I said, it's the uh, it's the marquee matchup of Week Seven. I'm uh, I'm legitimately fired up to watch this game. I can't wait. Unbelievable! Great chat with Shane Jackson. More to come here on the Cross Classified halftime, and then we're into quarter number three for our Lax Class Lock of the Week. Stay classified. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Casey Powell. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Halftime is over, quarter three is underway, and here in quarter number three is always the time that uh, we'd like to ask you to subscribe to the podcast, review the podcast, uh, follow us on social media as well, at Ferratino, at Tino Ferra, at PXP, the number four sports. The show is at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. The show is at Lax Class on the X. Give us a follow. Give the show a follow, review, subscribe, do all that sort of stuff. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, we also appreciate our OG sponsor and associated labels and packaging. Best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging. Over 45 years of experience operated out of my hometown of Coquitlam, British Columbia. But they cover all of North America. If you need a label or you need a package, doesn't matter how big, how small, what the product is. Associated Labels and Packaging can handle your needs. Give them a give them a call. Go to their website, associatedlp.com. All their information is there, and uh, let them take care of you if you need a label or you need a package. Tino, 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 Tino. It was your pick last week. You had a pretty good idea of what I thought for a parlay and just picking all the home teams. And I thought it was even a better idea after Saturday night going three for three, which just left Philadelphia and New York on the docket, and we needed the Wings at home on top of that just to beat the Riptide for the big money. It did not happen. It didn't even come close, quite frankly. Three for four doesn't get it done, and uh, we move onward and upward here for another parlay this week, which is, of course, uh, brought to you by CoolBet. It's time... For the Lax Class Lock of the Week. Lock of the Week. Hey, let's lock and load it! Woo! Yeah! I am going to be a very rich dude. Ooh, it's a big lock, all right. Lax Class Lock of the Week. Brought to you by CoolBet. CoolBet.com. Go to CoolBet if you have not done this yet. Shame on you. Go to CoolBet.com, just like Tino's buddy did just the other day and won himself $2,400 on, like, 10 bucks. You can do it, too. CoolBet.com, bonus code is LAXCLASS. Let CoolBet give you free money simply by putting in the bonus code LAXCLASS when you sign up for your account before you make your first-time deposit. Use the bonus code, get free money, and then uh, sprinkle it around here. Hockey, basketball, baseball. UFC, lacrosse, of course, is on there as well. And that's the lane that we are sticking in here this week, even though we have, we've just had some bad luck, essentially, is what's going on. But even the great Patches, Pat Gregoire, 
says, absolutely love this one. Pat does not throw around compliments like that very often. This is my selection, by the way, here, classmates. Just keep that. (laughs) Shut up. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, although I cannot, Pat cannot, he loves this. This bet, the classmates should get down on this and just sink every last cent that they have in their account on this little ditty right here. It is as follow. Albany at Georgia. We're taking the Firewolves, but we're taking the Firewolves at plus one and a half. At a minus 145. Pretty decent odds. Georgia five, and or sorry, Albany 5 and 0, oh, Georgia is what? 4 and 1, Tino. We're getting a goal and a half here from the Firewolves on the road. We're also getting a goal and a half for the New York Riptide who were at home taking on Panther City. Panther City coming off a loss, New York coming off a win, but the most important factor out of all of this Santino is the Riptides are wearing their sea foams. Do I say riptides? No, it's just riptide. I don't know why I pluralized. I don't know. Is it on the prairie or in the prairie? (laughs) (laughs) Remember the TV show, Tino? Stop. Uh, Little House on the Prairie. I don't know of a hit TV show called Little House in the Prairie. Case closed. Let's move move along. Let's move along here, Tino. Agreed with me. Riptide plus 1.5 at home against Panther City in the Seafoam jerseys. Take it to the bank at minus 152. And the final game, Colorado hosting the San Diego Seals on a back-to-back. And I know this is Dylan Ward up against his essentially his prodigy and Chris O'Reilly. You watch Dylan Ward play goal and watch Chris O'Reilly play goal. They're essentially carbon copies of each other. But I like the over here. I think some goals are going to go in the net. That's what's kind of been happening around here a little bit. And these are two high-powered offenses. I know two good goal to, but it's a 22 and a half total here. And I like the over at minus 139. Uh, you're getting over 100 jumbo bucks back on this, and just, just I don't know, pray to the lacrosse gods here, classmates. I don't know what else we can do, but we're so due for a win, and I, and I think I got to believe she's coming home this week. Got to be. If we can't string together a couple of wins here, we might have to rethink the name of this. And we're last class unlock. We're we're I mean we're taking some pretty heavy favorites here. Minus one forty five, minus one fifty two, minus one thirty nine. It's not only like it's exactly even money here. So bit of a softball, bit of a safety parlay, but I like our chances here on uh, Lax Class 269. That will wrap up quarter number three, which means just one more quarter to go. It's a biggie, however, folks. It's who you got. It's week seven, eight games, and it's all coming up next. Stay classified. This is Rob Williams, and you're listening to Lax Class. Now it's time for who you got. Quarter number four, no more breaks here on the podcast. It's time for Who You Got. It's brought to you by Cool Bet, supplying the prize packs all season long here to the people. And uh, before we run the, the new little sound drop here, i got to let you know that week number six once again came down to a tiebreaker. Just two people in the tiebreaker this time. 
Carbon Rootlinger, one of my favorite names to say, and the Rootlinger household has had some success at who you got. Big lacrosse fans, big lacrosse classified fans, big who you got fans. Uh, I believe the dads won a week, the, the, the wife's won a week, and now Corbin's won a week here as he won in a tiebreaker against two for crosscheck, and Mike Beamish came up a little short. Uh, but congrats to Corbin, who apparently switched his pick right before the Riptide Philly game, thinking to himself, everybody's on Philly here. I got no chance to win if I pick them. Did the old flipperoni and gets it done in week number six. Shout out to Corbin. It's, uh, that's a veteran move. That's, uh, that's, that's a savvy. Big brain play. Savvy. All right. So Corbin uh, gave me his best impersonation of me saying who you got. Enjoy it in this little sound drop here. It's time for who you got. It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? 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 Like I mentioned, who you got? Brought to you by who are you? All right. Uh, who? <laughs> We're doing that again. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of came to me, Tino. Just kind of came. Uh, but there you go. Corbin in the new Who You Got drop. And Corbin's going to be making his picks for week number seven. We're going to be doing the same thing right now. And I'm just having a little look here, Tino. Looks like you are still just one single point ahead of me in the overall standings. Somehow, some way. But in the week. That just was. I'm somehow two places above you. Okay, hang on. I need to. Yes, in week six, who you got? You are above me. Yeah. But it's because it goes alphabetically when there's a that. billion way tie. I don't know about that. Good. It's <laughs> it, possible. But it's, I can only true. see what is in front of my face, and that is my name higher than your name in the standings. That's the only visual evidence that I can look at to determine who gets to host. I don't, what else can I do? I'm not, and I'm not, I mean, go for it, man. (laughs) I'm looking right now with the overall standings and you said one point ahead. However, (laughs) it's more than one spot ahead. Okay. 72nd place. All right. I've, I've been hosting the last (laughs) couple of weeks. We got eight games here. Let's rip through this. You host this week. I don't want any excuses when I have a big week here for eight games on the docket. Okay. I don't want I don't want any of your influence on my decision making either. So I will defer hosting to you this week. Yeah. Okay. Are you done? Because this is my segment now. Okay. Here we go. Here we Friday. Go. Oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch. My segment. Here we go. Here we go. Friday, 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 Eastern. We have Toronto heading on down to the nest to take on the Thunderbirds. Jake Elliott, who you got? (laughs) Uh, I got a text from Dowick over the week, and uh, I guess he tuned into the Rusty Kruger episode last week and said, I'm going to put all this Schreiber business right to bed right here, right now. And uh, Tom will be back in a Toronto Rock uniform, along with Chris Corbeil. Not so sure it's going to be this weekend. and how It might be, but maybe not be either. 
But they will be back. Mark my words. Came from the top. But I don't even think that's going to matter. They've proven that they can win without those two guys already now. A little tougher test here going into Halifax. But something a little off there in the Maritimes. I'm taking Toronto for a six. I am mirroring that with a slight change. I also have Toronto going up against what I would say maybe a fragile group right now in Halifax. So give me the rock for a seven. Mm. These games are so hard to pick. Oh, oh really God. tough week here. The second game going on on Friday night, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, San Diego down to Las Vegas. Jake Elliott, who you got? I will be in Las Vegas for this one. Uh, looking forward to the Joe Cy Bowl. Apparently, uh, Tino, 99, going to be in the house for Ooh. this one. The great one. He might be uh, circling about high atop Michelob Ultra Arena. I'll be uh, searching him out. But listen, still in its infancy here are the Desert Dogs. San Diego, an NLL Cup contender this year. Give me San Diego for a nine. Yep. Sorry. Uh, sorry to the Desert Dogs, but this is also my nine pick on the Seals. So let's move on over to Saturday, and it feels like we have a billion games all at the same time, so mm. try to keep up here. The first one on the list, we have the Rush at Philly. Jake Elliott, who you got? Yeah, so what do we got here? We got two Friday games. One, two, three. Yeah, there's a lot of games starting at the same time on Saturday night. This is one of them. Then this this game right here, this is what I'm talking about with Philadelphia. Like, do I pick Philadelphia because I think they're going to play well? Or do I pick Philadelphia thinking they're, they're not going to play well, and that's why I should pick them because they probably will. Like, I cannot figure this team out. I kind of feel like Saskatchewan is actually going to win this game. So I'm going to take Philadelphia and put a two beside it. Oh, you had me going in every direction I, there. That's I have no what, idea. That is my pick. brain when trying to pick Philadelphia Wings games. I think this one's going to come down to goaltending. Which which Frank Shiliano are we going to see? Which Zach Higgins are we going to see? I'm giving a slight edge to the Wings because they are the home team. So give me Philly mm. for a six. six. Same time, different location. We have the Buffalo Bandits taking on the Rochester Nighthawks in Roch Vegas. Jake Elliott, who you got? I never thought I would pick the Rochester Nighthawks in a matchup with Buffalo in the 409 rivalry or whatever it is. But I'm, I'm taking the Nighthawks here at home to beat Buffalo. I know Buffalo Banditland is going to travel well down there to Blue Cross. Something about this Nighthawks team that I really like this season. Buffalo hasn't quite found their stride yet. And I think they have a little recipe when it comes to Buffalo for some sort of reason. So give me the K-Hawks here. And I'm going to put a four beside the Nighthawks. I've literally switched this pick twice in the time span that you were just talking. Mm. Um, so <laughs> it's probably going to change three or four more times before yeah. Saturday night. But for now... I got it locked in on the Bandits also for a four. Originally, I had Rochester. and then yeah, I just switched. Talking, I just switched. I'll take Buffalo. God, okay, then I'm switching. <laughs> <laughs> I'll switch back. 
You don't All know right, what I'm going to do. All right, let's move on. Okay, uh, 7.30 Eastern this time, 4.30 Pacific, Saturday night, Panther City versus New York. Jake Elliott, who you got? This is it here for the Riptide, and I think the rubber kind of meets the road here for Panther City as well. They're playing a road game in a market that they don't normally have to go to or play in, so I think I can kind of make a bit of an excuse here if Panther City drops this game. I cannot for the New York Riptide. Both these teams are 1-3. and three. New York coming off a real impressive win over Philadelphia. Now they're at home taking on a 1-3 and three team. They have to win this game. They have to. And I'm taking them for a 5. Yeah, I could be convinced uh, of the same. Currently, I have my pick as Panther City also for a five, but I think this could be, I mean, we talk about the marquee matchup being Albany, Georgia. This could be another really fun one to watch because we're seeing two teams looking for a response for two completely different reasons. Currently, I have Panther City. I just think they're going to come flying out of the gates after the way they started against Georgia last weekend. Prove me wrong, I guess. Yeah. Saturday, also at 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. I thought we figured out the staggered times thing. Yeah. Apparently not. We have Albany versus Georgia in Georgia. Jake Elliott, who you got? Not that I want to compare the National Cross League to the National Football League, Tino, but pretty successful league is the NFL, and they start about 10 games all at the same time, and and they do okay. They can't really worry about doing that once you know this schedule expands and more teams you can't worry about trying to stagger out i i get it but i also understand it albany and georgia i might have to go to the coin here for the first time no way retire the coin make a pick you coward all right (laughs) oh man well we got albany plus 1.5 on the parlay So why don't I take Georgia to win and they just win by one goal and everybody's happy at the end of the day. Give me Georgia. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm putting a three beside it because I just I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, the the confidence numbers on these games this week, I think for everybody are going to be just all over the place. You asked a question of Shane Jackson, Jane, excuse me, Shane Jackson. And I texted you. So I don't know if you're going to put a ding in here or not, but I, I said it was a great oh, question. Oh yeah, I should. When that. you asked whether the advantage goes to the shooter when he's familiar with the goalie, or if the advantage goes to the goalie when they're familiar with the shooter, yeah. I think Georgia and Shane ja- and Shane Jackson have the advantage here going up against Doug Jameson. Give me Georgia for a three, the Albany Firewolves will be five and one. It's got to end somewhere. And I think going down to Georgia and losing to a four and one swarm team, like nothing to hang your heads about. It's got to end sometime. Why not this weekend down there in Georgia to a good swarm team? Nothing against the Firewolves here. If they make it six and oh, then I'm picking them till the rest of time until they lose a game. I don't care who they're playing, where they're playing, when they're playing. If they win this game, I will pick them every single week until they lose. Link this audio with your audio from last year when you were like, I'm never picking Albany again. And I did. (laughs) I didn't do very well, but still. Unreal. Sneaky good crowd in Georgia last weekend, too. I hope that continues to build up as they continue to 
to win like they're going to in week seven here. But uh, next game on the docket here, we have a 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern Ooh. start time. San Diego, their second game of the weekend in Ball Arena to take on the Mammoth. Jake Elliott, who you got? Nice. That was a good one, Tino. I normally, like I think to myself, teams aren't going to go 2-0, and especially two road games. You know, that's tough to do. But I also think that San Diego was 14-4 and last year and have aspirations of winning themselves an NLL Cup. Have a bit of a wounded dog in front of them right now in Colorado. So if you're really the the team that wants to win the championship, this back-to-back situation, Vegas to Denver, a couple-hour flight, not a big deal. And this is a game I think they should win if that is the team that they think they are. So give me San Diego and give me San Diego for a seven. Do you think we see Mike Poulin in net for San Diego this weekend? No. For one of these games? If they do, it's because O'Rig's been pulled and not Pooley getting a start. So you don't you don't think they're gonna split the kid's twenty two years old. He doesn't need to have a night off. All right. Uh I'm taking Colorado for an eight. I I think very rarely do we see a win from the team that's playing two in a weekend, let alone uh, less than 24 hours later. We'll see, though. Uh, For now, I got Colorado. Last game of the weekend. You'll be on the call. I will more like more than likely be on the couch. (laughs) We have Calgary. We have Vancouver in the Raj. Jake Elliott. Who you got? Yeah, this is going to be fun, Tino. I think I land back on Saturday from Las Vegas at like 2 o'clock. And then I got to get to Rogers Arena for like 5 o'clock. Not a lot of downtime this weekend is uh, where I'm going with that. Uh, I'm just hoping everything is on time and goes smoothly. So maybe you should get yourself down to Rogers Arena just in case. Just in case, I will say. (laughs) Uh, Listen. Calgary has had their way with the Warriors since moving to Rogers Arena. And as a franchise as a whole against Vancouver, whether it be the Stealth or the Warriors. And after that loss against Denver last weekend, which I thought was just crushing. But I, this game here against Calgary, if there's one that Kurt Miloski wants to win more than any other game this regular season... I think it's probably this one. And I think his team, after what happened down there in Denver, are going to respond against the Roughnecks here at home. Eight for the Vancouver Warriors. I don't know if I did that at all last year. Putting an eight beside the Warriors this week. So I am also picking the Warriors. And this is going to be my two pick. And I think back to our interview with Kevin Crowley a few episodes ago, and he was talking about how uh, heading into their matchup against Georgia, how they had two weeks to stew on their previous loss. And we're in a similar situation here. They've had two weeks to be pissed off about the way that they let that game versus Colorado slip away. So that plus, like you mentioned, Kermalowski is probably going to have money on the board for this game, I would think. I think it just comes down to which Aaron Bold we see because we know we're going to see Christian Del Bianco play as good as he always does. We know we're going to see Tyler Pace and Jesse King put up their points and their whole cast of characters. Which Aaron Bold do we see here? Bold wasn't Hopefully. bad in Denver, though, Tino. 
Like can nope. the, the guys rocking like a ten point four goals against and a save percentage of of close to seventy seven seventy eight? Like he's been fine. He's been good enough. It's the offense that didn't score a goal in thirty five minutes. That that was the problem down there in Denver. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't just. Say, I mean, like I think it's a slew of things. Could he use a save or two? No quite. Let's, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if we get the Aaron Bold that we saw in Georgia and for most of that Colorado game. I think Vancouver can come out with with a victory here. We shall see. Don't forget to get your picks in. Don't forget to save and apply. Your tiebreaker needs to go in there as well. It is for the last game on the schedule. So the tiebreaker, total amount of goals for Calgary and Vancouver. A little tip here for the classmates. Hop on cool bet and see what the over-under total is for this game. Pretty good chance. Your tiebreaker should be within a goal of whatever that is. Because they're pretty close. They usually get it pretty darn close. And if you're new to the podcast and you're thinking, what the hell are these guys talking about? Who you got? What is all this? Hop on Office Pool Junkies. Search up Wax Glass. Search up Who You Got with two Ts and join our confidence pool. Or the link uh, to the pool is on our social media feeds as well on Instagram and the X if you want to uh, click it that way and get in on the fun. You can be a weekly winner Prizes provided by CoolBet all season long. Good luck, everybody, for a big week seven. That is going to wrap up a big episode of Lacrosse Classified for another week here. We'll be back next week, every week. 270 is on deck. Thanks for listening to this one. Thank you to our fabulous sponsors, On Top Roofing, Rycor Construction, Associate Labels and Packaging, CoolBet Canada, and Loading lacrosse for their support here on the podcast big thanks goes out to shane jackson for stopping by as well for santino fair i've been jake elliott and for the fastest game on two feet for the creator stay safe stay healthy and stay classified